Welcome to the Kayak Bass Nation audio podcast. We go live every Monday night, talk all things kayak bass fishing across multiple platforms. But we don't get to talk directly to you folks, the audio podcast listeners. Uh, wherever you're listening to us from, whatever platform you use, we want to say we appreciate you guys downloading the show, listening to it while you're driving, working out, or whatever the case may be. If you have the time, take a second and leave us a review. Give us a follow, a subscribe, whatever your platform allows. And once again, thank you for spending a little time with us on the KBN Live replay. What is up, everybody? What's Welcome going to KBN on? Live. What's going on, Ryan? I know you're feeling rough, but you're here. I'm alive. Yeah. I'm alive, player. I love it. Uh, well, ain't kill me yet. We're coming off classic week bassmaster championship week uh all of it the expo the whole deal it was a, it was a, it was a fun week a tiring week an exciting week all of the above what do you think about it ryan did you have a good time i had a good time man i think uh i mean overall the biggest part of the story uh bass is back like that <laughs> you were there at the awards i mean the, the coverage that we saw for the championship on Chickamauga, you know, the, the updates, all of the media, uh, thanks to Big Worm, you know, for what he did there. Uh, but but Bass went hard on this one, man. And the award show this year with Steve-O running it was, I mean, you, you couldn't – I don't think you could have done it any better at all. We walked right in. We had no trouble right to our seats on time. Uh, obviously, Steve – very engaging and entertaining with the kayak anglers, knowing the backstory on a lot of these guys. It was, uh, I mean, it was like daylight and dark from what the what the past years have been. I think I think they made the move, man. It was a good call. Yeah, I wanted. I had some notes to get into that a little bit because I, to me, it was. I, I hate to say it's shocking, but I mean the drastic change of number one, just the vibe around the whole thing, the way things went. Uh, like you said, from a coverage perspective all the kayak stuff was intertwined with the pro basket. Like it was intertwined on Twitter. It was intertwined on the website, Instagram, Facebook. Uh, it was updated right along with everything else. It wasn't pushed to the side or pushed to the back or anything nope. like that. It was, it was amazing. So, and yeah, Steve, he, he got yeah, up there even through Rocky top for, for an Alabama fan. I, I know top. I'm saving that video for the rest of my life. <laughs> I'll, yeah. I'll never, never let that one go. Uh, absolutely yeah. crushed it. Bass did at that dinner that we had on Pickwick when we all sat down and gave them feedback. They checked every single box that they said that they would. So hats off to Bass. Yeah. Momentum is real. I hope it keeps going all season long. Uh, so far, so good though. And, and I and I'll give a special shout out to my guys at Old Town. They did their own thing with their own kind of coverage uh, with with the team, and they even caught Russ and did an interview with him after the after the big win and with some other anglers. Um, they're just trying to push it from from their brand perspective. So there, yeah. there's a lot of excitement around it. And from the expo perspective, Ryan, I don't know if you caught this. I definitely did. A few years back, like a kayak set up at the expo was like, oh, that's neat. Look at that kayak over there. And that well, it was everywhere. There were yeah, there were kayaks everywhere, accessories everywhere, and then anglers all over the place, didn't you think? Yep. I mean, we've seen that trend the last couple of years between iCast and the classic, a, a huge presence on the kayak side. And I think you're starting to see a lot more acknowledgement from that, from, from some pretty big, big brands, uh, in the industry. I know we had a couple of really good meetings, uh, there at the classic regarding exactly that 
We got some big platforms launching here in the next month, I hope, uh, that are going to reflect that movement as well. So, I mean, overall, keep keep doing what you're doing, guys. People are paying attention. It's working. Yeah, for real. Uh, I've got to see a lot of people that I haven't seen in a while. Met some people that I'm friends with on social media that I've never met in person. And there is one consistent theme that I don't understand, right? Everybody I meet in person says, dang, I didn't know you were, you look small, <laughs> you look small on camera. What, what's, what's up with that? What gives I that? think people think you just have a, uh, disproportionately sized head on oh. screen. So they think you're just this big floating head. They don't realize, you know, you're, you're it's six, six, five on the other side. Maybe it's the dark shirt or the pleats. <laughs> or something. It's cause your camera's so close. If you'd stay, if you do one standing. Yeah, there we go. Stand up right now. I'm getting tired of it. Uh, no, it, it doesn't matter. It was awesome seeing a bunch of folks, like I said, that I had never met. Ryan even got to introduce me to uh, Luke Duncan. We got to hang out for a little bit and watch the uh, the Owls win. <laughs> Man, shut up. I'm glad we got out of there before before it got Western. Thank goodness. Yeah, yeah, but uh, yeah, fun fun week overall. I wanted to you know get into our own personal tourney recaps, but I was hesitant to do so, Ryan, because as everyone saw. <laughs> The nation was behind you. you yeah, no, that was, rolling. that was real cute. Uh, <laughs> everything with the fish showed up for that one. Uh, I appreciate all the calls and most of the messages. If anybody feels the need to heckle me when I'm getting my teeth kicked in uh, day two of a tournament, flush your phone down the toilet because I don't need to hear that shit. All right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, appreciate crazy. it. Yeah, well, we were pulling for you. I was pulling for you. Uh, you know, I don't know what else to say about it other than you'll be, you'll be, you'll be, you'll be back. You'll That's be back. chick, baby. That's chick, baby. Let's see if I can get in the TOC and let her beat me up one more time. Yeah. Uh, for me, personally, I had another non-spectacular finish, but I finished 26 overall. I was happy yep. with that. And I set my PB smallmouth rank yeah. on Chickamauga of all places. So On the wrong end of the lake, too. Yeah. You, you weren't even on the, on the traditional smallmouth end of the lake. Yeah, I was down there by myself, just dragging stuff around and, and caught a big smallmouth. So that made, even though I was soaked to the bone, underwear was wet, everything was wet, oh, I was yeah. still excited to catch that big smallie. So fun times. Uh, Enough tonight, about our, our failures. Yeah. We got <laughs> we got, got a couple guys tonight. that actually sealed the deal on this one. So yeah, we got the champs uh, tonight on the on the big stage with the big blue trophies. Uh, let's go ahead and bring in our guests, Russ Snyder's and the California phenom, Damian Tao. Now, wait a minute, Ryan. I had a special thing queued up for these boys. Did you? What do you got? Yes. I, a highlight I, reel? It's not quite a highlight reel. It's about a minute long, so bear okay. with me here. Okay. But, All right. But if anyone didn't, no one probably knew this, but somehow I finagled KBN media passes. So I was able to get down on the floor behind the, behind the, behind stage the red a little line. bit, behind the red line and get some video <laughs> before they went up on stage. It's kind of some raw footage of them walking around, milling around, walking out to the stage. So I'm going to play that and then we'll bring both these guys in. I had no idea. I can't wait to see this. Here we go. It's, it's not great. And Ryan, it's my first documentary. KBN experience. media coming at you live. Yeah, first yeah, time here ever. Go. Here we go. How's it feel to be walking up there in a minute? Awesome. Got yeah. the jitters like crazy. Start start yelling at somebody. What's up, Russ? Hey, how you doing? How you doing, man? Close it out? You don't know yet. I have no Everybody idea. tight lipped? Yes. Top three. Yeah, yeah. There's a couple people that submitted after the after standings were right. Hey, who snapped that last 
There we go, guys. How about that? And, there, and here they that's are. That's awesome. Yeah. Thanks for putting that together, guys. That's cool. Yeah. For yeah, anybody man. watching on, on Facebook or YouTube, that's why you don't get an Android. So everybody that was run on out, my buy actual, an iPhone. That was on my actual camera. I was just shaking everything. <laughs> <laughs> oh, congrats, yeah. guys. That was, I mean, it was awesome to see. Obviously, the tournament itself was. Uh, challenging in its own right from from day one to day two but uh great job thanks Ryan. thanks yeah yeah so we need to get right into the tournament of course but uh, like like ryan said congrats to both of you russ i know you've been up there before this isn't your first time on the stage uh no i'm not you know, too far from there a couple hours yeah. so no I, I just mean you you've been on this on that Bassmaster stage before in the in the top 10 looking yeah for, looking for the big trophy yeah, and it's yeah. in your first time so you yeah, know, first time getting the trophy though. Was, yeah. So cool. so let's hear from the champ first. What's it like to finally hold that blue trophy after being on the doorstep before? Yeah, man, it was uh, it was definitely an honor. Like I said, I've, I've followed Bassmaster. I've been bass fishing since I was a little kid, and um, all oh, probably watch every single Bassmaster Classic uh, since I was a little kid. So I've had dreams of, of one day being up there and um uh, and yeah so it's a dream come true just to to be able to get up on that stage and and hoist that trophy over my head and have you know steve-o there to to present it to me and eric who's one of my good friends and uh and just you know everybody who made that top 10 are all really talented anglers so to be able to come out on top was uh just quite an accomplishment for, for me and I'm, I'm proud of it and uh conrad himself uh, ask if you're the goat now. Uh, I think Russ was probably the goat before. I'd say you were Jody Queen, honestly. If I'm if I'm picking one or two, but Cody, to, Cody, to, to win yeah. the national championship and turn around and then win the Bass National <laughs> Championship as well in what six months time, five months time, like that's uh, <laughs> that's that's two pretty good licks right there. It seems like back to back almost. Yeah, I did have that Hobie right in between, which I uh, it seems like well, a few years in a row now. I keep send to seem to mess that up one way or but another. That's the last. <laughs> that's the last one on the list to check off of the Triple Crown, though. Yeah, right. it's at. Is it at uh, Chickamauga? They yes, announced, it right? is. Yep, that's what they it announced is. at the Classic. Wouldn't that be a way Heck to bookend yeah. it? The whole Tennessee River, Russ, wins the national championship <laughs> on Kentucky Lake. Goes chick times two for the triple crown. That'd be that'd be pretty crazy. So it'd be cool. They all all those lakes kind of fish similar. If you learn them one, you can kind of understand most of them in a lot of ways. Yeah, you can have Kentucky Lake. That was <laughs> it's rebound. Yeah. I saw Matt Roberts say he had like thirty pound bag. Man, and with the floodgates open on smallmouth, don't buy all that. You know it yeah. ain't. Back. We're gonna find out in a few uh, weeks, yeah. or I get what is it a month, yeah. two months? Yeah. The Hobie on yeah. Kentucky Lake. That'll tell That's the right. tale right there. We'll know for sure if it's back or not. 
Yeah, are they allowing Barkley in that one too? Yeah, I think it is. I think it is Kentucky and Barkley. Yeah. And then, and then Damien, if there was ever a picture of consistency, let me throw this on the screen real quick. 88, 88, back-to-back days, uh, runner-up in the, in, you know, what's quickly becoming the, you know, a crown jewel, if not one of the top crown jewels of the sport. Uh, what did you think? Did you think you had enough both days with 88 both days to, to get into number one? Did you think you could win it? And did you think you'd be, you know, in that top three like that? You know, I, I honestly going through that, I, I, I didn't think I was going to win, especially after practice, uh, you know, coming in the top 10, I didn't think I was going to make a top 10, you know, coming to practice. I actually got skunked on my practice day, my first day here. And really, yeah, it was just rough. It was, I was like, oh man, this is not what I was expecting from one of my bucket leg lists. You know, I just come out here and get skunked <laughs> and to actually uh, start catching a few fish on game day. It, was, it actually kind of surprised me. Um, you know, I'm just happy. It just, things kind of just fell in place for me to make that top three. So, well, you did it in the correct order. Some people kill it in practice and then skunk on game day. You did it the right. You did it the right. <laughs> I don't even practice. I just try to skunk on game day. I don't even waste time <laughs> practicing. That's silly. How did you? So, Damien, coming coming from the West Coast, how did you kind of select where you were going to fish? It to me, that's one of the most interesting things when people travel across the country to somewhere they've never been before. How not only to to pick you know, the right spot, but then to capitalize in a, in a two day tournament. I mean, that's, that's pretty, pretty awesome in itself. Uh, you know, coming into this event, you know, uh, I didn't do a whole lot of research, which I should have, but I didn't, I, most of my research I did was on the drive up here, you know, it's such a long drive. So we were switching off, uh, shout out to my friend, uh, my carpool buddy, uh, AJ, you know, he, he helped me get here. And, uh, yeah, so most of my research was during that time. I, I looked at Navionics and just, uh, I found some areas that looked really good, some big spawning bays, and I, I felt like I could find fish in there, you know. And, you know, going to this event, I thought I was going to be bed fishing, you know. I thought I was leaving the rain in California and get there. And well, we need we need a few more degrees in the water for this one. <laughs> they were spawning at Gunnersville though, at the end of I, February. So that's the they, crazy they part, hot, yeah. And then it cooled off again. So. Oh, yeah, that, that water temp dropped from, like, what, mid-60s to, to 50, like, 50, 51 uh, on day one. That yeah. was crazy. What was your approach, Damien, when, when you, you said you found the spawning bay for the for the people that didn't listen to the awards? Tell us how you were catching fish. You were doing something uh, what I would consider a little bit unconventional in the springtime here on Chickamauga. So so what I, what I found is some big spawning bays, and I fished the closest uh, offshore ledge to that leading into that spawning bay. You know, when you get there, uh, you know, first day we get the water temp is really cold, like I, – uh, it was like 47 to like 48. Uh, and I noticed that it, it varied wherever I went. The water temp just kept changing. And it was not a consistent water uh, water, water temp. So uh, while I was fishing, I felt like uh, those fish would still stay there because it, those fish are not ready to move in. The water temp's not right. Of course, there was going to be a lot of shallow fish. But uh, for me personally, I am not. Uh, I can't get on that consistent shallow bite. Uh, it just doesn't work well for me. So I felt like these offshore fish were going to be there. And... Uh, any, it, all my fish came from within 8 to 25 feet, and it was off just the closest ledge leading into the spawning bay. So uh, wherever there, there was a, a, a big drop, and uh, that's where I would target, so leading into the spawning bays. And a lot of this stuff was um, – and I felt like a lot of these fish were actually not actually fish coming from 
uh, the main river. It was actually uh, these fish are actually fish that are released from tournaments. Uh, it seems like because some of them I caught, they were kind of like really beat up. You know, you think pre-spawn mm -hmm. fish would be really chunky, and some of these were uh, really beat up, like stressed out. And uh, I felt like these were just tournament release fish, and uh, they would just pull out and just sit there and wait till they're comfortable <laughs> and try to recuperate before going back into spawn. And uh, I sat on these spots, uh, but my really big fish spot was actually. Um, it was actually uh, 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 the channel swings and goes into the main, uh, into this big spawning bay. And on that channel swing, there's standing timber. So I targeted standing timber and a lot of my uh, big fish came off that standing timber. You couldn't scrap them, but uh, they were in there. And all my bites came when I was snagged in the trees and I was slowly dragging a Carolina rig through it. A uh, really light line. It's Carolina rig or, or what we call it is a, a, is a a California rig, which is really light line and really lightweight. It's just a, a really finesse out. Carolina rig and I was just dragging that through the standing timber and every time I got bit I was I was in the tree I had to fight these fish out so I had to have a really uh, moderate rod to hold these fish in the uh, Ryan and anyone sorry Damien anyone that knows me up in this area and, I, and I'm an old an old feller and, and the guy that taught me is an old feller I love a Carolina rig I love throwing a Carolina rig it warms my heart to hear Damien bring up the Carolina so continue. Sorry, sir. Yeah, it's it's a it's a it's a kind of a it's a really old school style. It's kind of really forgotten. You don't really see a lot of guys throwing it, and that's the cool thing coming to this event because uh, the majority of the field that I, I was around, you know, I saw a lot of anglers and uh, a lot of guys did not fish the stuff that I was after. So it it, it, it was really left for just me to fish, and uh, you know, I, I'd see a lot of guys come through the banks, and then I was the only guy who was sitting really far far offshore. So I felt really comfortable where I was at, and with the changing weathers. Uh, these fish aren't going to go anywhere. They, they were just going to stay there until the water temp got warmer then then moved to the bank. So uh, I really just stayed on that and just really uh, try to capitalize on that. But day one, it was, it was, it was rough. Um, you know, I, I, I did multiple ramps, which I don't usually do. So uh, I launched out a chest of frost and got a limit there because I felt I could get a limit there fishing really deep, uh, fishing rocks and stuff. And after that, I run to, uh, I want to say, I'm not too familiar, but I believe it's Holly Park, I want to say. Is that, is that what it is? Uh, it but, is now. It is now, Damien. Yeah, we'll, we okay. rename, it. We'll <laughs> rename it for you, big dog. Yeah, so <laughs> hey, that's where my big bites are at. All right. Well, let's uh, hear from the champ. Obviously, Russ, you know the lake very well, Tennessee River very well. Uh, what did you figure out? Like you just said, coming off of Chickamauga, which was in a different phase, how did you put together the puzzle on, on Chick? Yeah, it was just conditions and, and everything was pretty awful. We were just at Gunnersville a few weeks before for the for the first Bassmaster, uh, and that lake was just full of grass. And Gunnersville is one of the few lakes on the uh, the Tennessee River where they they don't fluctuate it um, as much. I mean, it fluctuates a little bit, but but not much enough to to keep the grass you know really good throughout the winter and. Uh, that tournament was first week of March. It was, they were spawning and they were, you know, I was kind of had that in mind. I'm like, well, maybe chick's going to be something similar, but I get there and the water's like seven feet down, I think close to like historic lows. And they were doing a yep. bunch of work on some of the ramps and, and all that. So, um, knowing that, you know, my thought was, you know, there's going to be fish, like I said, getting pushed out of areas, getting pushed out of like shallow backwaters and, and stuff like that. Uh, where you know they're going to eventually move up to spawn. So uh, I fished an area where I fished the last, what was that last tournament we had there last year? I don't know. We had one last year. And I remember. Was it a Bass Nation? I can't remember what we had. Was it the Bass Nation? Year. Maybe it was the Bass. it was a Bass Nation, yeah. It was a Bass Nation, yeah. Uh, and I pre-fished and I caught one close to 10. It was probably like a 9. 
uh, and I didn't have hardly any time to pre-fish. I checked in, was it Monday evening at like five? And I went out to the area where I caught a big one uh, last year and fished for about two hours and got three bites. One of them was maybe a 19-incher. It was dead calm and had to throw, uh, I tried a bunch of things, but the only thing I got bit on was like a Nico rig Senko fishing some stumps. Uh, but it at least told me that there, which is not really what I wanted to be doing in the tournament, but uh, luckily we had, we had different conditions and, um, and, you know, I, I didn't have to throw the Nico rig, but which I actually did, that's, I'll save that for the end of the story, but first day of the tournament, get out there and uh, I kind of am scrambling because I didn't have a whole lot of time. I had a bunch of different rods rigged and I just started kind of rotating through rods and uh, picked up a swim bait and uh, maybe a few is probably 40 minutes into the day, maybe a few casts into using the swim bait. Uh, I get a, that 22 and a half came off a stump. I was just cruising down the bank with my torpedo and I looked down. Some of the stumps were sticking out of the water and some of them were still under the water. And I came up on one cause it was kind of low light that was still under the water. And I tried to put the brakes on. And as I just like tried to keep that swim bait as deep as I could without lit, you know, to get it the chance to to hit that stump as soon as it like got to the boat that big one ate it and ran straight underneath the boat like towards the prop and i was holding the rod backwards it was thrashing around and it was as you can see there it was super it was a strong just fat healthy fish it was over seven pounds for sure uh, it was really stubby and day. oh man and that <laughs> told me right there i'm like i'm 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 not putting a swim bait down <laughs> so i just uh i kept throwing it and uh, once I had a pretty decent limit, I actually, I did kind of put it down more because I was a little worried about showing it to too many fish. There were certain areas where I felt like I can go down a bank and probably get another fish to bite the swim bait. But I, I did actually kind of force myself to fish other stuff towards the end of the day, just cause I was a, a little worried about showing too many fish, uh, a big swim bait. And, uh, first day sitting in third place, uh, only had 10 bites all day. I got... Uh, I did get one flip in and the other, I went seven for nine on that swim bait, which is pretty hard to do when you're using just like a single hook with a belly weight, you know, the treble hooks, you get a little better hookup ratio, but I felt, yeah, pretty, pretty good to get that many. Yeah. I didn't lose any fish next morning, get out there, catch three on the swim bait in the first half hour. I'm like, all right, it's on. Um, next like five or six fish just started missing it a lot of them were just bumping it not taking it as good finally maybe an hour and a half later i get my fourth fish and then uh and then i didn't get up i went three hours without a bite on the swim bait i'm like all right i gotta start mixing some other things into the rotation tried a bunch of other stuff and eventually i got to the point where i had an hour and a half left in the tournament or an, yeah hour and a half left in the tournament i decided to make like a 30 40 minute run just to a whole new area that I hadn't even been to yet. And I went in a little backwater and just started junk fishing and, uh, picked up a bunch of different lures. Eventually I got my fifth and final fish with about, I think, I don't know, a half hour left or so on a, on a red lucky craft crankbait, just on a lay down. Um, yeah, and if it wasn't for that fish that was, and that was the only bite I got the rest of the day in like seven hours or so that was six and a half hours. That was, that was the only bite I got. It was a brutal, tough day of fishing as you can see from what the standings you know turned out that day <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah we're, we're Ryan, we're Ryan <laughs> i mean if, if you look at the numbers there 132 anglers fish caught 995 which i'm sure there's more than that but fish submitted i guess 995 that's not a lot over two days so 
you know, Damien, you can go first. What do you think the, was the deal on that late? Because it changed so drastically, not only throughout the week, but from day one to day two of the tournament. I mean, it was tough. There were people at home complaining, saying people were sandbagging and everything. It, people weren't sandbagging. It was it was tough to figure out from day to day, wasn't it? It was definitely very tough. Day day two, uh, it it was hard to get a bite. I mean, you know, I I, I gambled it all at this big fish spot, and I, I should have known better because uh, these are afternoon fish. They they didn't start biting once it hit noon. Like they they were there, they just didn't bite. But it was tough for everybody, and you know, I. It's not. It's not like we're all sandbagging. It just the fish just were not biting. It just. It didn't matter what you did. It just. It just was not happening. You, you'd go three or four hours and you'd get bite and it was the wrong species or something. It was just. Uh, it's just not working out and it just. It just uh, messing with your head the entire time. You know. So, it was tough. It was definitely tough. Yeah, Russ. What do you think about that? You know, from each day, even during practice, and then the two days of the tournament, it, it definitely turned off and on. Just every. Uh, Oh yeah, it, it was changing constantly. I, you know, with the before the tournament, we had all the rain, muddied a lot of it up. It got really cold during, yeah, during the tournament, and continued to rain, just like kind of a steady rain all day. And I was thinking that the next, you know, the second day of the tournament, it was warming up and there was some wind, and really thought it would get that swim bait bite going. Actually, it was, it was tougher. It wasn't like it was a brutally cold north wind post frontal day. You know, it was. It was warming up and a uh, perfect little breeze and uh, it was post frontal, but it wasn't, wasn't cold, but it, it was, that was one of the toughest days of fishing I've seen. So I was out in the main river and just had to kind of abandon all that. Cause I, I thought I had zero chance. <clears throat> I went into some, Drew and I were actually fishing a lot of the same water. He, uh, he was focused more on the backwaters. I was focused more on the main river, but we both did a little bit of, a little bit of both and, but both times I did go into the backwaters, I hadn't, I didn't realize I was literally right behind Drew. Uh, and as I get like three quarters of the way back, like he's coming out. And I was like, oh man, I was following him up this whole time. But I did get that one behind him. But supposedly that same lay down that I got my fifth and final fish about 15 minutes before he lost, he said a six and an eight in that same, in that same lay down on a spinner bait. Um, I guess he's got some video of it. It's, it's yeah. Yeah, I think part part of what led up to this tournament. So the floodgates have been open on the Tennessee River for about six weeks uh, straight. You know, so a lot of those fish were, you know, positioned for that. And I, I tried. Mm -hmm. I mean, everybody knows. I tried to fish the tail race for smallmouth. That's what I love to do this time of year. Went up there, and I didn't. I got up there Tuesday afternoon. I had like an hour and a half to go look at it, run out there. They've shut the water off completely. So I guess Monday they had the gates open. Tuesday they closed the floodgates. So I get up there, and there, there's no current. Well, obviously, when they shut the, the current off, right, the idea was to, to raise the lake up some. Mm -hmm. Wednesday it rains all day with them not, you know, not running water down the river. So – I think the water, I don't know if, if you guys saw this where you were at, but the water came up on the south end of the lake about a foot, a foot and a half. So some of the visual targets of where I was fishing were underwater going in on day two. So I knew that much had changed. And then the wind, the wind really didn't do anything till about halfway through day two where I was at because I was kind of tucked in close to a ridge. Did you guys see that uh, in the areas that you were fishing? Damien, you can lead off. Of yeah. Oh, sorry. Okay. Uh, yeah, the, the the water had definitely gone up. Yeah, I mean, you know, where we're launching out of uh, Chester Frost, you know, the uh, when we practiced, the the water was uh, way down there. You had to 
drag your kayak across the dirt to get in the water. Mm-hmm. But uh, the first day I launched there, the water was um, was at, at that where the cement was at, where the drop was at. So yeah, it, and uh, at Holly Park, uh, the the water definitely went up. There's a there's a crack in the in the in the ramp, and that 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 crack was covered with water. So definitely, I saw right away the water had gone up quite a bit. Yep. Yeah, Russ, and- what about? What about you and how do you think that affected the bite where where you were at yeah definitely affected the bite and that's that's probably why that like i said i was focused out on the main river because when they dropped those the water a lot of those fish in the backwaters came out there was a little bit of current there uh on the first day it wasn't a lot of current but it, it was enough uh, and there, there wasn't um, very much wind um and they were, we were sitting out there pretty good the morning of the second day they were still there but once that uh, it was kind of a combination of the water level coming back up and also the wind started blowing against the current. When you're when you're fishing out in the Tennessee River and the, the wind's going one way and the current's going another way, more times than not, it, it kind of messes up the bite and, and doesn't have them positioned like it should. Uh, the current was still stronger than the wind. It started kicking pretty good and the current was still stronger than the wind. I think a combination of that, though, and the water coming up, uh, took those fish off the main river and started pushing them back in the backwaters. But they were literally, I think they were, they were on the move. Like as the tournament was happening on that second day, like when that bite was tough, it's cause they weren't positioning in their feeding areas. They were, they were more just on the move to, to new spots. Um, and, uh, yeah, so that, that's, yeah, that's why I felt like making that run to that backwater was, was was a good move and the water was pretty dirty back there and um you can actually see the water back filling in that in that backwater it's kind of narrow in the beginning and the water was going you know the opposite way it was flushing in there pretty pretty hard about 1 30 i made a move i was <clears throat> toward the mouth of wolf teaver and i made a move back up wolf teaver and I, it it looked okay it looked like it was going to be okay until about halfway back and there was a huge <clears throat> mud line just a, a huge mud line there and at that point i was like now i've wait now i'm in too deep i've wasted an hour getting back here like and uh i, I just i didn't i fished i tried to fish it i tried to get on back to uh there's a bridge that i was trying to get to and it was just uh a mud hole it was definitely the the wrong move but by that time again you know uh, i was i was in too deep tried to had to scrape out a couple couple little fish and that was that was about it on my end when, but, the, uh, when conditions are changing like that too a lot of times that's what you need to do you need to just kind of ban everything and sometimes it works out and sometimes but you gotta that's what my gut told me man i was to like the, go creek yeah. fish and try to catch some of those resident fish you know that that don't don't leave the area but uh, you know, win and lose some on that one. I'm star. I'm starring a bunch of questions. I know. I'm watching you. I'm watching you start these. We'll we'll go back to them here in a little bit. I'm going to ask you guys both this: with how tough things were, and you know, Ryan had a had a big limit on day one. Uh, what did you think going in to the weigh-in? I mean, anything could have happened. So were you guys? I, I know everybody said they were tight lips. I I know that they tried not to reveal anything to each other. Did you guys think someone was holding a big, you know, 9,500-inch bag out there and was going to pass either one of you? Or you think it was a possibility because of the potential of the lake, even though it was fishing tough? Uh, yeah, I, I I, really thought somebody was going to really hammer them really good and bag a 100-inch 100, 100 bag or something on day two because, you know, because my bite didn't open until the afternoon. 
I struggled all the way until about noon. So if my bite didn't turn out to noon, I'm pretty sure everybody else's bite did not turn out to noon as well. So uh, it, it was that good window. So I'm like, oh, if I'm catching them good, there's going to be a lot of people catching them good right now. And who knows if these guys are on bigger fish than me. And uh, if they do sack them up, it's going to be a monster bag. So going in, I, I definitely thought, uh, you know, somebody was going to sack them good and I was just happy in the t- to be in the top 10 with what I got, you know? Yeah, it's a unique deal because every tournament we fish, like that afternoon at like five o'clock, you know, okay, I won the tournament. Well, then here you guys had to sit on it for 20, you know, 24 <laughs> hours and, and kind of do the math in your head and look at the leaderboard and look at the other guy's face and see if he's, you know, sandbagging here or whatever. So <laughs> how, how'd that go for you, Russ? Like I, I talked to you there in front of the stage and you said, I don't know. I think I'm top three. I don't know. How, how much uh, thought did you put into it? Or did you just kind of hope for the best there? Um, yeah, a little bit. When we were back at the house, everybody was kind of telling, you know, we're just all kind of saying what we thought the scenarios were or who, who had a chance or who submitted, who didn't. And, uh, I, I figured I was probably top, top three, but I didn't know. I know Damien didn't submit his fish until, uh, after, after, uh, the standings went off and anytime out of all the people there, that would be the, the one I, I would be most worried about and say, I got a lot of respect for you, Damien. You're, you're a good fisherman. I see what, what you do out in California. And, uh, I was worried about you, but, um, <laughs> Tim and, Arthur and was, was hyping him up guy. pretty hard, Russ. I'll go ahead and tell you. Tim Arthur was like in my DMs yeah. trying to make graphics and shit. He's like, have you heard if Russ caught him? I'm trying to get ahead of it and make some graphics up for Damien. I was like, damn, cuz. <laughs> like, it's it, The tournament's been over for an hour and a half. Let's see what happens here. Yeah, I know Shane was out. People were asking me, and I told him I got a fifth fit because that was the, the one thing I got asked a bunch because when the standings went off, I only had, my, I only had four fish. Uh, so I did submit that fifth one. I had so many people asking. I felt like it was just going to be hi- hard to hide. So I was like, I got the fifth one. But uh, <laughs> might as well tell them I got a limit. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, but still, even with that, that was that didn't lock it up by any means, you know. Um, so yeah, I was I was definitely had had no idea what what to expect, and and didn't you know really find out until Steve-O announced it up on stage. There it was. Uh, I was a little more excited, I guess. And you usually, you know, by the time, like I say, you're on the stage, you kind of already know because I'm already get that excitement out <laughs> maybe earlier and then get up on stage. But uh, but it was it was kind of it was fun to to be up there and, and find out right there and then and there with everybody else. I thought I really thought in my head all day, you know, because you I mean, usually if you catch 90 inches plus, you're going to I feel like you, Russ, if you're doing it once, you're going to do it. The second day. So like the whole time I'm like, you got it. Like you better not even come to the table with less than 90 inches. And I'm that like all day long, I'm going back and checking that big fish spot. I'm like, it don't, don't worry about any of the rest of the stuff. And then like, as I watch the, the clock continuing to tick, I'm watching people's limits and I'm like, either everyone's sandbagging or like an 82 inch limit. <laughs> would do a lot of good right now and uh yeah. turns out it what you know the lake did fish that much tougher but uh, i think that's uh, a part of the game that people underestimate especially people watching from home and stuff like the mental aspect of staying focused on kind of the the conditions and the task at hand like you you can't just be focused on hitting a certain number uh, a limit is more important than anything. And, and you, you said it yourself, you go through this big lull of sitting on four fish. Like how do you stay focused and kind of keep your, your head in the game and, and grind it out to, to seal the deal on that? 
So like last few years, I've kind of taken a lot of pride or just I've realized compared to when I was younger that I wouldn't get so flustered during tournaments, like practicing. Like I'm a guy who can still, yeah, kind of lose it a little bit or get upset. But during tournament time, I haven't been doing that, but it like three times this year uh, at Harris Chain and at the 10 and one other one, I forget. Uh, I had days where I just, man, something bad happened in the beginning and I definitely let it get to me let it get in my head and just uh and it really just messed up my day of fishing and uh this tournament in particular i like i had a couple moments where i felt like it could have gone that way where i had a few you know things that happened i didn't lose fish but i just started making bad casts or do things where you know i knew like how important that fifth fish was but i i just kept telling myself like you don't have time to be getting upset you don't have time to be doing anything to mess like all you need to focus on is just catching one more fish somehow some way uh and i I did a pretty good job that day of not letting uh of not spinning out after going all those hours without a bite damien let's you've got a lot of cali boys in the in the comments of course because i feel like y'all are uh, pretty thick out there not in a physical sense, but uh, in a tightness sense. Uh, how do you dominate these these California guys so frequently? Like, do you cut their line before the tournament start? Or, I mean, you've got a pretty good pedigree out there on the West Coast. Yeah, it's uh, honestly, I, um, I don't know how it happens either. You just go out and sometimes it works out. You know, it just it's hard to go explain, out and you catch know. the five biggest fish. You catch the fish, you go home. Drag a Carolina rig on yeah. four pound test, of course. Yeah. Why not? Drag a Carolina rig when it gets tough. That's what I do, and it, it works. Amen, out, amen, Damien. You're my favorite guest we've ever had. So no, no offense, Russ. Carolina rig life. Russ has been on here like twenty times. Like know, he's he's got to be, <laughs> he's got to be up there. Yeah, Russ is up there for sure. I, and I got something to say, but we got a couple some more, times. Couple times. Yeah. There's something about what happened with Russ winning this championship that validates me that I'm going to bring up here in a little bit, right? Okay. Okay. Yeah. 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 But yeah, Damien, you're, you're doing it out there. Let, let's get some of these questions because there's a bunch of them. I've started Do too it. many. I'm going to lose track. I'm going to lose track. Uh, this is more of a comment. A great American Survival on YouTube says the winner of this would have beaten the winner of the boat Bassmaster Classic yesterday. Maybe so from a white perspective. <laughs> the winner but... of this was on Chickamauga. Yeah, <laughs> the winner Chickamauga. of the Bassmaster yeah, was on freaking <laughs> Fort Loudon, which is yeah, yeah. arguably the worst lake on the chain. Uh, Levi Snyder from Arkansas, were either of you guys scoping fish? I was not. You weren't. I, you? I was I was using my scope, but uh, I wasn't looking for fish. Uh, it was to help me uh, uh, target these uh, standing timber. So I, I had to make a very accurate cast. Every cast counted, and it was a single lane cast, so I got to make sure I hit that target. These fish so were not you weren't the seeing the fish on the scope. You were just looking for, for the tree itself. Yes, I was just looking for the trees, okay. and I would throw to the trees, and I'd feel it dragging through the the limbs and stuff. But these fish were on the base, and they they would bite from time to time, but it had to be the right window. Uh, once the, the window opened up, it was it was like every cast they were, they were biting. Russ, do you run scope? Do you do you run live scope? Do you have it on your on your kayak? I do. So I have it on my recon, and okay. uh, I would like to use it. And I've been using it pre-fishing and stuff like that. Still, just kind of getting used to it and stuff. Uh, but I'm, the issue I'm having right now is I have a hummingbird that's not the side imaging isn't working, and that's so I have two. I have a hummingbird ten inch with a helix, and then I have the nine inch Garmin, which is just for the uh for live scope but my uh transducer is not working on my 10 inch so i just bought a new transducer and and i'm 
finding out it's actually the unit. So I got to send that in. So Jeff, that's been a big part of Jeff, uh, have your people yeah. reach out, please. I'm saying stop buying stuff for us. You just won the Bassmaster thing. Tell these people need to send you some stuff. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. 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 Uh, uh, but yeah, eventually I'll, I'll plan on, on using it. In certain <laughs> cases, it would have been nice for, uh, for this one, for sure. Fishing those stumps, uh, while I was pre-fishing, it was, it would have helped. You know, I liked it. Randy Blockett going to be upset. Oh, kayakers and their live yeah. scopes out here. You know, we had we had right. the live scope uh, wizard, Rolando Nandine, on a couple times. And last year on Toledo, he was using the scope to target deep laydowns. Same thing. He wasn't necessarily looking at the fish, but he was using it to find the laydown and throw, throw his bait in. So multiple uses besides just video game fishing uh, itself. Let's see here. What else we got? Uh, Abel Patino asked, what body of water in California did Chick best compare with? And, and Ross, you're a West Coast guy, so you could kind of answer that, too. Yeah. Uh, maybe it compares with all of them since it's so low. Aren't all those lakes out there always low? <laughs> <laughs> <Damn>. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, that's hard to say, I guess. more Like like I said, when the lake's full, it doesn't really compare. It'll compare more, I guess, to like Clear Lake as far as techniques and stuff that you can fish. Uh, or a little bit of the delta because of current, but none, you know, none of them really. Maybe a combination of uh, everything, almost like where I was fishing, almost like upper end of like Folsom, I guess, or something like that. <laughs> what do you think, Damien? Uh, yeah, it, it didn't fish a whole lot like anything here. It's it's quite different because there's so much options you can fish here. It's uh, and I I definitely like to see a full pool because man, there's so much all the stuff that looked good to me. It was like out of the water you know just there's a uh, lot of freedom on chickamauga you can kind of do whatever you want to we don't have weird laws about rod numbers and stuff like yeah. that so you can get out here with an assault rod and just open up on them, you know what i'm saying <laughs> yeah it, it's that's the cool that's the cool thing about this place it was it was just so big and you know when we were practicing like oh we're definitely in the wrong place because you don't see any, any of the tennessee guys here it's like it, we're the only ones watching here. It's like bro chester frost park <laughs> is not the wrong place there's more money won out of chester frost park than probably anywhere else on the lake to be honest with you <laughs> i was nervous because it was so low what i like to fish this time of year when you launch damien if you look to the left all those stumps that's usually the juice this time of year if there's water in the lake but there wasn't so i neglected to even <laughs> try to fish it yeah, that's the spot I I first went to check when I when I arrived, and yeah, it it, it was it, it was all the good stuff was out of the water. You you see all those uh those those stumps out there, and it's like man, that stuff looks good right there. That's that's juicy stuff. <laughs> monsters, the monsters pull up out of the river and spawn in it. Okay, that's good uh, to know. <laughs> we had a question from Facebook for Russ. Matt Loftus says, "Russ, is simplicity the key to consistency?" Um. Yeah. So, you know, somewhat, I don't make things too complicated, but at the same time, like I'll, you know, have a lot of rods rigged many times and I'll, I'll go through all of them. You know, I'll fish one bank and fish one technique here, you know, flip some bushes and then, you know, cast under some docks with another lure. And I junk fish a lot and use a lot of different techniques. It's pretty rare that I just have, you know, one rod in my hand and just, you know, say, oh, I'm only going to, and this is one of the ones where I kind of did have that meant. Oh, lost for us. Uh, this is one of those tournaments where I, yeah, sorry, I got a phone call, uh, where I did kind of have that mentality where I could just keep it simple and throw one rod. But like I said, when that fell apart, um, you know, it's good to, to be versatile and good to, to know how to make, make adjustments or have other techniques to kind of fall back on, especially when you're kayak fishing, you don't have 
you know, a lot of options a lot of times. So you got to, you got to fish what's in front of you and, and be comfortable throwing a bunch of different things if the conditions are changing. Yeah. We're going to lead right into the next question after that phone call uh, from Josh. How do y'all manage your messages and shit while you're out there competing on day two with it being such a mental game, especially if you're catching them? Do y'all put your phone on airplane mode? Are you trying to ignore that? What, what are you trying to do out there uh, on tournament day? Uh, I, I just ignore everything. I don't even touch my phone. I don't like touching my phone. It, it, it throws me off and I don't like the, I just don't, I just don't do it. I, I don't even submit my fishes. I just wait till the end. Sandbagger. So I don't, I don't. The same, you're the sandbagger. <laughs> all right. That's fair. We thought, I, it, was, I, we thought I, it was scotch all along and it was you. <laughs> I just don't title. like touching my phone. You know, the, the funny thing is because day two, right? It's so tough. So mm. I was going to submit a fish. I was like, you know, that's so tough. I only got three fish. I don't think any bites. So I'm going to submit fish. And right when I pull my phone, I, I get bit and I missed the fish because my hand is holding mm. my phone and I don't have my hand on my reel. I was like, I'm not touching this no more. I knew, I knew better than to do this. And I went about three hours and I finally got the one bite and I missed that fish. And I was just so bummed. I was just like, I don't, I don't have a limit, you know? So I was like, I'm not touching this phone ever again, you know, ever again. <laughs> what about you, Russ? Yeah, I don't get back. You know, I don't start texting anybody or anything like that. Sometimes if people root me on or do something and I, have the phone while i'm submitting the fish i'll give it a little like or something but that's about it i was yeah had things to had fish to catch <laughs> there you go don't don't go TikTok live everybody just maintain focus <laughs> i did and... i did do uh oh no a story i tried to update my put a little story when i caught that big one actually it's pretty rare that i'll do that but sometimes while i'm on the water i'll i'll post a story on the instagram but i tried to do it but it didn't upload until after i got off the water actually I like to do it like after I catch, uh, like you said, like a big fish or something or finish a limit or something. Cause people at home like to follow along with a story, right? Like they like to feel like they're part of, of the tournament and what's happening, but like the messages like, and it's great again, like it's awesome that people are supporting you and rooting you on and stuff. But like, we're trying to get on tourney X and submit these fish and there's like, you know, 20 or 30 notification. I kept my shit on airplane mode all morning long and I was pretty pissed off till about 10 or 11 AM anyway. So I, I just didn't want to see anything coming up. And then, uh, like when I make, whenever I make a big move, like if I'm going a long way, I'll take it off airplane mode and kind of read through some stuff while I'm, while I'm motoring or, or pedaling along yeah. for a couple of miles. But I, I definitely think it helps you keep a clearer head if you don't even look at it at all. Do you look at the standings at all or no? Um, so not normally. I, I try to get five fish myself first before I upload anything or even look at Tourney X. But like as the day was going on, I think I looked at the standings. Oh, I know when I looked at the standings, I saw freaking Edwin out in the middle of no damn where catching fish. And I was like, what <laughs> is he doing? And I pulled up the standings. And I was like, this little shit has 93 inches. Like, in the in the middle of nothing and i'm like all right let's think about this what could he be doing out there and i oh, looked and i was scoping. like i bet he i bet he's close to this creek channel and knowing him i'm like he's got to be live scoping so i turn on my live scope pedal over to the creek channel scan around i see this huge bait ball and like four bass just like orbiting this bait ball going through it and i was like okay how do we do this <laughs> so, <laughs> so i get out like a Demiki vault and throw it out. And I'm like, you know, ripping it up through the bait ball. Nothing, nothing. So I hit him up after and I was like, what were you doing? Like, tell me what you were doing. This is ridiculous. Like, obviously you smashed him uh, half a mile from me here in this bay. 
And I told him what I was doing. He's like, those fish wouldn't eat. He's like, you had to find the singular fish that were suspended like above or out from the bait ball. And those were the ones that would eat. I'm like, God, like, why? Why? Like, I, I hate why? it. I hate knowing how Kid's somebody good, else is man. catching. I, I mean, it's, it's insane. Good. It is insane. He crushed He's tuned them in right yeah. there in front of me. And I'm like, this is miserable. Like, I, I didn't even, I shouldn't even ask. I shouldn't have looked. That's why you don't look at the standings. That's <laughs> the scope of you hoping. The God, small things sometimes, the small little subtle difference, you know, little, just like with that jackhammer in, uh, in Florida, what he was doing. That's mm-hmm. right. That's right. Small things can yep. yeah, small things can make all the difference sometimes. Yep. He did it. Uh let's get some more of these questions. This one I'm gonna combine these, but Damien, will you fish back there more? And Damien, are you gonna leave the West Coast and fish more events out east? Are you gonna move? Are you moving east? Yeah. Are you moving east? Yeah, I, I really, I really like what you guys have going out here, and uh, I, oh. I definitely got the bug, and I want to come out more. It's just the cost was just so, it was just so costly to, to make that. But if you track, move but... here, and we have a seventy percent lower cost of living, you know, it kind of pans yeah. out. You live like a king here. That that money you won from bass is like a million dollars in Tennessee. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You can buy two trailer homes here. <laughs> it, it, and just, that was only just... eight grand. So look at you. <laughs> It's just so much uh, more stuff you can do fishing wise there. It just it's it's amazing what you guys have going down here. So, uh, it's, yeah, yeah it, it just so it was an eye opener for me. It, it, you know, it makes me want to come back out there and compete more and just uh, join you guys out there. You should, man. Do it. Russ made the switch. He he hadn't regretted it yet, have you? <laughs> Russ no, racked up probably one hundred twenty grand sad. kayak fishing out here now. <laughs> Damn. That's it was a good move. Yeah, move, getting out of California, but it's still nice to go back, see friends and family, and beautiful yeah. place. But I don't, I don't think I'll ever move back. Uh, so Your for boy, YouTube, AJ's bros. hitting up a dugout sponsorship. Damien, he's trying to get <laughs> trying to get oh. you put on the dugout squad in Cali. That's I don't know if there. Jamie's got bait trucks that run that far. I don't know if we can deliver out there. Says <laughs> Damien's going to fish the BOS on Seminole. <clears throat> okay, okay, Damien. Uh, this is from YouTube for Russ. It says, Russ, you've dominated the past four years. Will you ever go back to fishing boat tournaments like the opens, etc.? I doubt it. There's no reason. I would say, why would I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say there's, you know, I'd say 95% chance. I'm not maybe 5% chance. I don't know. I don't see that happen anytime soon though. Yeah. This is a good chance for me to talk about my validation, Ryan. Let me throw this up real quick. Okay. So if you guys were recall back to the KBN power rankings in the uh, late fall, Russ came out on top in this year's power or mm-hmm. what would have been 2022's power rankings. And many, many people here, I'm going to throw the graphic up. There you are, Russ, number one ranked angler for the year. And many, many people were upset and said, I got the numbers wrong. I said, math don't lie. And now here we are with two legs of the triple crown down and Russ Snyder's number one ranking. Math does not lie. I stand validated. So thank you, Russ. <laughs> okay. No problem. Thank you for making those rankings real, Russ. That's right. <laughs> that was all me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, another one for Russ about the swim bait. How did you have that swim bait rigged? Belly weight, treble hook. How was it rigged? Uh, yeah, it was a 10 odd, I think, half ounce beast hook. I got it right here. Here, let me throw this. Let me throw you one on one. There you go. go. Oh, that way. 10-0 owner beast hook. I can't tell which eyes are that. Is that the mag draft or the Zal Dangerous? 
That's is all dangerous. It is quite a bit different, actually. Yeah, that's what my <laughs> next question is. How is it different? How is it different for real? This it's that was got, a setup. That was a setup comment. Ah, the tail. I see. There you go. Tail tail's different. Uh, this one's flatter on the bottom, right here, compared to this, where it's more of a, a keel, where it. Uh, uh, this one will roll less. It'll stay. You can reel it at a little faster speed without it rolling. Um, Do they and, make the yeah, ones that are that come with the treble hook too? The in the in the Zal Dangerous. I don't ones? believe so. I know okay. when I went and hung out. I got to look. I got to look. Probably YouTube video. I just got to ask Chris. Um, you can rig it some way where you put like a weight inside and use like a any standard like flipping hook and use it as like a top hook bait too. Really? He showed me, but I forgot. I forgot what he did. Uh, but yeah, you can just do it with a flipping hook. It's like a line through with like a flipping hook coming out the top. It was pretty cool. Uh, yeah, that's, that's wild. Uh, very cool. <clears throat> uh, another one. This one may be more for Russ and Ryan since they're residents of the area. The KBN's legal counsel, Matt Zapala. What's the smallmouth population like on Chick? He was surprised to see it's awesome. some really good smallmouth. <laughs> there's, there's plenty of good smallmouth on Chick on the north and south end of the lakes. There's actually a couple really good spots mid-lake. Uh, as well but this that this was a timing thing with that water fluctuating if they would have left the floodgates open i i'd be willing to bet this would have been one on smallmouth it's yeah. that i've never consistent. caught a smallmouth i've what? never caught a smallmouth on chick buddy you, like uh, you never have before or you didn't this <laughs> I week no like ever i don't think i'm trying to think uh, there's a lot of, i mean you saw the bat and, and oh, i'll apologize the luke that got third he is the guy that won the Bass Nation event on Chick, and that's why we didn't bring him on because I didn't want to spoil too much of the juice uh, before <laughs> this event. But, I mean, he still caught him where he was at upriver. But if the floodgates were open, if that current would have stayed consistent and kept them stacked, I guarantee it would have been one on smallmouth. Like th That bite is so consistent, and those big river smallmouth have to push in these certain current breaks. So, yeah, look at that. I mean... Like they were catching donkey smallmouth. Was that Luke's? Those are Luke's. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Hey, wait a minute. Let's let's get down here and look at uh, Dylan. Ones. Dylan Smith had a big smallmouth too. Look at that one, boys. There you yeah. go. That's that's mine. Old grandfather. Nice. Old, Old grandfather, grandfather in there. Uh, Dylan Smith had a monster uh, smallmouth on his on his stringer as well. But yeah, the 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 population of it really anywhere on the Tennessee River. I feel like. You know, Pickwick's obviously known for big smallmouth in the tail race area, but also Kentucky Lake. Our tournaments don't see it quite as much on Kentucky specifically because we usually cut it off before you get to the tail race. But that that tail race has a lot of a lot of big smallmouth we, in it. As even well. the area by the dam. I mean, a lot of the main lake too is becoming a lot of turn. There's more tournaments now being won on smallmouth since the bite's gotten tough over the last few yep. years. I hear smallmouth usually dominate. I, I think and they not, have not to just now. tail race smallmouth, just like main river, main, that, main lake. The LBL you know? side tends to, to fish better on smallmouth, but I know those river bars, like the shell bars and stuff, yeah. they load up with fish. Barkley has some really good smallmouth on it as well. So I think mm -hmm. we will see that be more of a key player uh, moving into that, that BOS Kentucky Lake event. I know our, our Tennessee State Championship, the guy that won it, won it with big smallmouth uh, off Barkley, yeah. I believe. Hopefully those water levels end of May or first no June first week of June. Yeah. yeah, so the water should be full pool. Hopefully, yeah. Hopefully, I'm tired. I, I don't want to see the water that low again. Anyway, that was ridiculous. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, you think Chickamauga is tough with low water? I think, yeah. Uh, Kentucky, Kentucky, Lakes Kentucky, even, even Kentucky, Kentucky's tough with all the water. Yeah. Shoo. Damon, do you have a YouTube channel? Big YouTube I do. Channel? I do have a YouTube channel. Because uh, uh, somebody's asking, is there going to be a video from Damien on this? I'm assuming that meant there was. Is it what's your what's your handle over there on YouTube? It, it's uh, it's just uh, it's just Damien Tao. That's what it is. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Easy to find. <laughs> so Joby Joby finished second in that uh, Tennessee Bass Nation on smallmouth. He was fishing. We were fishing the same area on day one. We both went to the truck to thaw out and warm up and change into dry clothes at day one and made our made our midday moves because uh, with them cutting that current off, it really scattered those fish. And I, I didn't feel like the population was was there where we were at to be able to, to cull up on brown fish and, and get it done. Yep. Uh, this is more of a general question for any of y'all. Any of y'all use bait fuel? It seemed to be pretty popular on the boat side at the classic. Is that a gimmick or for real? Y'all believe in bait fuel or any other? Or scent? any flavors? Any any bait bait juice? I, I use a uh, smelly jelly. That's pretty much what. Uh, smelly jelly. Smelly jelly. Yeah, I usually use smelly jelly. That's basically... okay. <laughs> that's homemade stuff or store bought. It's store bought. Yeah, it's that. That is something. Uh, smelly jelly. What happened to Russ? That's out of an adult bookstore or something. I'm like. here. <laughs> okay. I thought somebody just attacked you in the car there. Maybe it's bringing that Cali I was, flavor. I was trying to get whatever it is I use. I, I don't use scent ah. too often, but uh, but if I'm using something slow, it's cold, especially, and I'm using a jig or something like that, and they're just biting, you know, they're pulling the trailer off. I'll, uh, you can't even see what it is. Some guy gave me this in a, a Wolf or Fox River, and some really? sort of oil, some something. Some, I don't know. Some sort of Yankee oil up there. <laughs> some, is some it more? Is it Yankee a bait fish oil, smell, yeah. or is it garlic, or what is it? Yeah, it's more of the crawdad oil. Or crawdad. Like yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's. I'm not a big believer in scent, but I'll, I will use it if if I'm start short striking more for just <laughs> give me some confidence, I guess, or, or you know. Any of y'all yeah. use the power baits? Any anybody throw the 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 flavored power baits? I do. Yeah, I throw max scent. Stuff. I feel like that's a simple, you know, a much more permanent process with a with a similar yeah. ideology behind it. Definitely. Hey, I wanted to ask you both. Ryan and I talked about it when we first went live. What were y'all's impressions of of bass and the changes they made and in, in the format and the in, you know the expo itself, the the weigh in, the whole deal? What were your impressions this year uh, compared to previous iterations of of what they had going? Um, yeah, I, I was seriously just thoroughly impressed and they did such a great job like i said i know you guys had that that meeting and and bass was you know when they first got into it a few years ago was, i think myself and a lot of people were really excited uh about them getting into the sport of kayak fishing and um and in some ways they kind of dropped the ball i feel like um and but it, it was good that they had uh, the opportunity to, to talk to Stevo and to and for him to become the new tournament director and he's just got the experience that uh, to bring to the table and it was the perfect guy you know for the for the job to do something like that and uh, you know all the anglers have, have obviously responded and just by the the just the support the support that they've shown you know in these last couple tournaments with the great numbers and everything was just runs. I mean, from everything, there isn't a single thing. I, I think that's happened so far. I can even give any kind of criticism to he's, he's done a perfect job. And, uh, I think we're all really, really grateful for, for what Steve O's done, uh, to help out Bassmaster. 
What do you think, Damien? Do you think Steve-O is as good as Tim Arthur? <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to be as neutral as possible. I'd say Steve, Steve, did, Steve, Steve did a really great job. You know, I'm, I'm very, I was very impressed. You know, uh, you know, I, it was, it was like my first time meeting him too. And, you know, everything I felt like just ran perfect. I mean, there's, there's no complaints. I felt like everything was just done great. And, uh, you know, I, I really enjoyed, uh, I really enjoyed it. And, yeah, just no complaints for me. Everything ran really smooth, and I really liked that. You know, uh, Steve did an excellent job. It was it's just. Does, does Tim excellent. wear Jordan fours on stage? Because if he doesn't, there's no. Oh, hey, Steve's a G. I mean, yeah. he came out there letting them know what was up. When I saw that, I was like, "Oh hell no!" He done got the matching J's for the Bassmaster shirt out here. <laughs> he came prepared. There was nothing stopping him. My man, nah, Tim's a good one too, man. We're, we're just giving Tim hell. Chill out, California. You got other problems to worry about than that's just Yang. That's just Yang. He better be getting my calendar ready to send. It's we're about we're into the first quarter and I ain't got my calendar yet. Yang, chill out. Oh Lord have mercy. Here we go. Canceling. I think. I mean, we've talked about this previously. I think Bass offers offers the platform for the next level Um, Mm -hmm. with with the exposure, with the name, with the sponsor reach that they have. It it is the key to this growing to mainstream as far as, as live coverage goes, as far as non-endemic sponsors coming in, that it is the key. It's the key to the future. And I think, I think what we just saw for me solidified that it's going to happen. You know, it's one thing, the Gunnersville tournament's one thing, but what they did here in conjunction with the classic, which is their, you know, Mecca, uh, for them to show that kind of attention to the kayak side, that, I mean, I think for me that showed that they are all in. Yeah. I agree. Good stuff. And and like I said in the opening, the expo itself showed that as well because you saw a lot of kayak accessories, kayak brands. And then also I thought you saw a lot of kayak anglers working major sponsor booths. Like you saw kayak anglers in the Strike King booth, the Abu booth, the Lose, whatever. You know, kayak anglers were in there helping out and in, in amongst the, the, uh, the bass boat side of things. So, you know, it's get, it's getting the respect it deserves. It's only going to get better. Uh, and yeah, it, it's, it's Joe Kirk says it's only because of Steve Owens. Steve Owens definitely doing it, but the anglers, uh, throwing the support behind it with that street cred. I mean, nowhere to go it up, but, uh, and bass throwing the support behind yeah. it. The, the, one of the big things, <laughs> and, and we made this point was the coverage you know, yeah. don't just bury us on the, on the back of, a web page that, that a lot of people aren't going to like, you know, social media is the language of kayak fishing. That's where we exist. That's where a lot of the sponsor reach is, is measured. So if you're, if you're not keeping the Bass Nation uh, social media updated throughout these big kayak tournaments that people think that it's not, it's not happening, you know? And I think they did a great job of, of, continuing to mix that up throughout the tournament so yeah like i said man i feel like they've checked every box they said they would yep and th- yeah. this is an interesting comment right here from michael he said that big screen was awesome with the fish picks it gives the green light for bass boat events to maybe use cpr in the future and i've heard rumors that some clubs are doing that and leaning towards doing that with tourney x and stuff yeah since doing the kayak tournaments uh and then going back and watching the way and it was kind of a weird feeling just seeing these bass like in such a you know inside of a an arena like so far from their natural environment it's i'm sure they were all fine they got released back fine but it's just now that the kayak term it's like that just makes a lot more sense to to do it this way and, and catch photo and release to me like looking at it now and i don't 
I don't see why the bass boats wouldn't. I mean, they get comfortable with doing things a certain way, and it's hard to to make changes. And I, I get that, but um, but it, it's it transfers over, you know, exactly the the sand. Whether you're doing I, it by weight or inches, it's pretty much the same game, you know. I think because they're so hung up on that, <clears throat> holding up the two, you know, the two big fish photo op and and all that. But Damien, you referenced this about where you were fishing about some of those retread fish that are so stressed out and, and, you know, they look worn down after they've ridden for 15 miles in a bass boat live well, and then been turned loose. Mortality is directly related to stress. Like there's no arguing on that. And I think if, if you look at fish mortality, catch photo release is, is going to be much, much less than, than anything riding in a live well, whether it's just back to the local ramp or you're trailering back to an event center somewhere, even if they have oxygenated cooled live wells. I've talked to Dennis Tumlin about this with the Bill Dance Initiative here in Tennessee, which is a huge grant, uh, you know, funding a lot of development on these bodies of water throughout Tennessee in the summertime, especially, I think moving these these bass boat trails and even larger tournaments to a catch photo release mentality in the summer just for the health of the fishery alone. If you're going to pour all these millions of dollars into this stuff, I think that's one of the things that was detrimental to Kentucky Lake. I think the car yeah. played a part in it, but I think the ledge, the legendary ledge fishing up there, seeing all these seven and eight pound fish killed all summer long, you know, due to these ledge fishing tournaments, I think that played a huge factor. And I think the health of the fishery is something they need to address. You know, Texas had, has a lot of slot limits on their lakes. I think Tennessee's going to have to do something. If you want to have these world-class fisheries, you got to address this stuff now. Hey, if we get the bass boats to all move to catch photo release, Duke West Camp's going to be able to buy the state of Illinois. <laughs> <laughs> It'll make point. for a more enjoyable tournament too, because there's these lakes that are really tough. Uh, you follow is probably a good example of where there's just not a lot of fish in the lake, uh, yet they have, uh, you know, they have a lot of tournaments. So you follow is probably one of the best examples. And so many of the fish get released in one area that you're almost forced to fish in a crowd, which is not really fun for, for anybody, you know, when everybody's fishing for the same release fish. So by doing a catch photo and release, it's going to spread them out a lot more and it's going to make these areas that have, you know, small populations of fish still, still valuable enough to, to fish rather than those fish are caught and then moved and all relocated to one general area, you know? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, I think with everybody nerd... running GoPros and stuff on their boats during the bass boat tournaments, it would be super easy to do a hero shot of a big fish or whatever and throw it back when you come up on stage. They display yeah. that, you know, they display that in your weight instead, you know? Yeah. Totally. Yeah. If you want to nerd out on YouTube, there's a bunch of biology stuff showing tracking fish and how far they go once they are released. Do they ever make it back to where they were from? Uh, there's a bunch of interesting stuff on that and fish mortality. You guys should go look it up. So all these things that these guys are saying is true. Makes perfect sense. If we could make a change for the, the betterment of these fisheries for sure. Uh, any other questions for these guys? We've been going a little while. I know Russ is on the road to practice the next tournament. Damien, just, are you back home all the way out West? Yeah. Damien? Just really got home this morning. Yeah, yeah, see, so I know they're, they're tired. We don't want to keep them too long. If you got any other questions, so man, we'll try to get them to them real quick, and we'll let these guys get out of here. Um, yeah, un unbelievable show. It was fun to – as a person in the tournament, it was still fun to follow along and, and you know, knowing I wasn't in the running to win, but just follow along and, and see who's going to win. It was a great event to watch. I know people at home 
thought people were sandbagging. They were pissed. My own wife was texting me saying, why is Ryan sandbagging? Nobody knew what was going on. Out I there. promise you, kids, I'm not, a, I'm, not, I'm not into sandbagging. If I'm sitting on a 90-inch bag, you're going to see it on the board as soon as I catch it. I'm not, I'm not sitting on that. I love it. I love, uh, I think that's, that's one of the, the more entertaining things about our sport is watching that leaderboard and seeing people, you know, through the day as they, they figure something out or they make a move. I think that's kind of what keeps people excited from a spectator standpoint. Yeah. And it's not a guesstimated thing like the bass track for about, you know, it's, it's what it is, is what it is, unless there's some kind of infraction. Uh, here's another question. Big worms that Damien reminds me of a 14 year old. He used to kick my ass on call of duty. How old is he? How long has he been kayak fishing? That's messed up. Mark. How, how long have you been kayak fishing? Uh, I've been kayaking since about 2017. I believe my first kayak term was in 2017. I thought you were about to say 20 years. I was going to be like, Damn. hell yeah. You never know, man. Yeah. yeah. I, I've been since 2017 and, uh, it's just, it's been going on since then. Uh, I, you know, I was originally fishing a lot as a, you know, fishing local clubs as a non-boater. And then, you know, I heard about local trails having kayak tournaments. And then I just joined that and it's been stuck ever since. Do you play, you play Call of Duty? <laughs> I, I used to a lot, quite a bit, okay. actually. So, Mark, that was the guy that was kicking your ass. That was him before he started fishing. <laughs> that was him. He got tired and went to fishing instead. He got too easy. So, that was it. That's awesome. Uh yeah joe kirk says he wishes there's a way they can make leaderboards live to the public but not to the anglers all the way through hmm. um yeah i don't know how you would do that that'd be cool that'd be keep silly in, joe people just text you where you were at then <laughs> but that, that, would, that would actually be a lot that I, I'd, I'd actually really like that a lot more you know? one, one of the yeah. best ideas i've heard personally i think it's a good idea is for tourney x to go to whole numbers on like you can only submit 21 inches to the public the quarter yeah. inch, the half inch, the three quarter inch, don't show up until weigh-in time. I got you. Oh. So you get so a round, kind of an round idea. Of the, round, yeah, round down to the lowest number. Yeah, mm-hmm. you get an idea of where you're at, but you don't know all the quarter inches until the weigh-in time. Oh uh, yeah. So I don't know if that builds drama or not, but it's interesting, interesting take. Well, I don't think we're ever short on drama. I think no. we always got <laughs> we always got plenty always of drama to go. Around. We always got a little bit of drama going on. <laughs> Uh, yeah, what do you think, Ryan? You want to let these guys slide out of here? I've had them too I long. I think so. Yeah, I'm about to cough my face off right now. So. All right, <laughs> all right, gentlemen, congratulations, Russ, on on winning the big trophy. Namian for giving him a run for his money. Uh, congrats <laughs> to both of you. Unbelievable. Awesome Thanks job, for guys. On, guys. I, I'm sure we'll see see you again, Russ. I'm sure we'll see you in the winter circle on a couple more. Damian, do you have any other national events uh, that you're targeting this year? Uh, not this year, but the following year, I'm planning to do more of it because uh, it. You know, I, the whole time I was just planning for this trip, um, and uh, you know, I'm kind of glad I did because now I feel like now I got the bug. I, I want to come out more. You know, just I got you. I yeah, got you. We're yeah, glad to have you out. You're welcome anytime, <laughs> and, and was, pal. And you know, I've always seen you guys just online, but to actually meet you guys and everybody else uh, in person, it was, it was just an amazing experience. You We're know? not even that bad, are we? <laughs> no, they're, they're not, you guys are good people, man. You guys, everybody's good. Everybody's good. You know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, good stuff. Yeah, and and you know, uh, you know, much respect to you, Snyder. You always uh. You always reckon us, man. So uh, much respect, man. <laughs> dude, I, if you would have left that doing. rod named Russ's Reacher, oh. we'd, we'd be. <laughs> That's so one glad. of my favorite KBN podcast moments ever. Yet, I bet so it is. To this day, is. <laughs> I'm so glad we got a Russ's Russ's Reacher reference, Ryan. I'm so glad you brought that. Up. <laughs> Few I things I remember. That, that was one of them. That was one of them. Yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> I think of that every time I look at the leaderboard and he's whipping my ass. I'm like, God, Russ is reaching. Got me. I'll again. put that in the uh, the little pro the profile name for uh, for the next time I come on. Yeah, <laughs> that? right there below. Deal. Deal. That's awesome. All right, fellas, appreciate y'all. All right, Thanks for having have us. A good one, All right, later, boys. Oh my God, good. How show, crazy man. is that? That's awesome, man. Obviously, Russ. You know, the picture of consistency, I feel like, not only in this tournament, but <laughs> across pretty much every tournament that he fishes. So, yeah, yeah. Hats off to him. Thing. I'm glad Damien did so well, though, because, yeah. you know, he, he does dominate in Cali. And I think coming across the country against not only locals, but some of the best national anglers uh, on the scene, I think that really kind of, you know, showed where he's at. Carolina rig, baby, for life. That's nuts. That is nuts, man. Sea rig gang. Sea rig gang. Hey, I got one more thing to bring up, Ryan. Yeah, we didn't really talk about it on the show before, but the yak bracket. Oh, sh I forgot all about that. The KBN awesome. yak bracket round two began today mm -hmm. with the craziness that is March Madness. All the higher seeds held in the yak bracket. Shocker. Old Town won Wilderness Systems, so we got Old Town versus Wildy in round two. Native versus New Canoe in round two. Jackson versus Bonafide in round two, or that could be a. Could We're be really a gonna sort some stuff out on this one here. I and then like. we've got Hobie versus Crescent at the bottom of the bracket in round two. The the uh, they believe it was New Canoe versus Feel Free was the most tightly contested race in round one. But these are your round two. It'll be open for a week. You just go over to kayakbassnation.com, and the uh, poll is right there. So share that to your local pro staff pages, etc. And try to something that we haven't there. done yet. And I don't want to miss this because the show wouldn't happen if it weren't for these people. Thank our sponsors. You know, That's the right. classic, obviously, we had a ton of interaction with our sponsors. Uh, we spent a ton of time at the dugout booth. In case you haven't seen it, <laughs> Jamie somehow one-upped himself on that freaking blue Hobie that he rigged out. Uh, you know, uh, two big screens, live scope, the sniper, live scope mount. Uh, he had a Torquedo 1103 lighting, all batteries and wiring hidden uh, below deck. You couldn't see anything other than the Torquedo battery that was strapped to the front of the uh, the black pack. Super clean, topo wrap, topo marine mat kit. I mean, uh, that thing was clean. He had a ton of accessories. We got to meet a lot of people, you know, people that we normally see online and, and from all over the country coming in the booth to say hello. So thanks, you know, everybody that supported that and stop by. We also got to meet the pro guide folks in person mm -hmm. and have some real in-depth conversations about what make up their batteries and, and why they are the way that they are. I know Jeff little grilled Matt Looney, <laughs> the pro guide, our pro guide plug, man. Uh, he grilled him on the makeup of those batteries. I think what we're going to do is actually bring some of the engineers on, uh, and do an episode to, to really explain the internals of these lithium batteries and what separates, uh, one from another. Yeah, for sure. Uh, great guys. I actually got video of the boats in the dugout booth, Ryan. So I will put that on our YouTube channel. So be watching the CAC Best Nation YouTube channel, and I'll put up some highlights from the, the dugout booth. I even videoed some stuff in the Pro Guide booth uh, and all around the, the expo there. So be watching for that. Uh, hey, he had levels. He had a he had a Lynx that was rigged out at like six grand and then yep. went up and from out there. Back, to, uh, and then uh, kind of a next step up PA and then the completely tricked out. Think, what was that sticker? 22,000 something? Yeah, 22, 22 something. So crazy. There we go. That's it. Yeah. All right. Ken, Kenzo's FaceTiming. So we're, to go. we're going we're gonna to jump off here. All right, man. See we'll you, We'll see y'all next week.